I think you and dad were, you were very open with your money troubles when I was growing up. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think that's fair. Absolutely. I think. I mean, you fair. guys were open about everything. You had this like philosophy of like, well, Jerry, we got to fight in front of her so she understands that a loving couple isn't just periwinkle rainbows all the time. Jerry, I'm going to yell at you in front of Becca. <laughs> oh, stop making me laugh. Do you feel? Do you feel? Okay, Mama, today we are doing a good old-fashioned episode of Advice for Mom. That's what I've been told. <laughs> uh, I should say by that, I mean that we are going to read a letter from a listener who is looking for advice. Mm -hmm. And then you, Mama, are going to use all your decades of experience as a psychologist and family therapist to give her advice. Yes. So this letter comes from a listener who signs their name, Resenting My Rich Friends. I am curious. I was too. I read that name and I was kind of like, who doesn't? But then also it's like, well, yeah, who doesn't? That's why it's a great universal question to tackle in an episode. Absolutely. And also with this letter, we're discussing two subjects that we actually haven't gotten to touch on much. Subject number one, resentment. It can be a monster. And subject number two finances. The upside of resentment is that when you talk about it, it really lightens your load tremendously. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to dive into other ways to lighten your resentful load. I don't know if we have any get rich quick schemes to deal with the, um, if you're lacking money, but we'll, we'll, we'll try our best. We'll talk to a financial expert who maybe yeah. she has some tips on that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. She actually definitely has some tips on that. So we'll hear from her for an expert second opinion. Yeah. So uh, you'll forgive us, listeners, if we, uh, instead of doing get-rich-quick schemes, which I would call scams, we'll just give you some healthy, good advice. <laughs> yes. Oops. I almost forgot the disclaimer. This podcast is for informational purposes only. It's not intended for diagnosis or treatment of any medical or psychological condition. All treatment decisions should be made in partnership with your health professional. Dear Mama B, I've entered the time in my life where all of my friends are buying houses and having babies. I am genuinely happy for all of them because I love it when my friends are happy but I'm also genuinely jealous. I'm not even sure that I want kids, but I definitely feel very jealous about the house part. And when I take a step back from these two specific scenarios of jealousy, I know that what I really am envious of is their financial stability to do these things. Some of them are doing really well in their careers that pay well. Some of them have well-paid spouses, and some of them are getting help from their parents. It's easier for me to be less jealous of my friends who I feel are self-made in their success, but I feel a growing resentment for my peers who are doing things with money from their parents. My partner and I are doing okay with our careers, but 
basically breaking even each month with expenses, and saving is slow. We're both looking into ways that we can move up in our careers, or potentially even to change courses to fields that make more money, though that success isn't certain and feels like a long process either way. I personally come from a lower-income family, and my parents are still climbing their way out of the debt that they accrued from when I was little. I'm afraid of ending up in financial shambles like they did from stretching limited resources too far. How can I curb my bitterness for my friends that come from money or for my friends that have accelerated faster than I have? In general, I want to be a less jealous person. How do I do that? Sincerely, resenting my rich friends. Well, resenting my rich friends... Thank you for this question. I'm really excited for you to get some advice from my mom. Thank you so much for your question, resenting my rich friends. This is a very important question because people often don't admit their feelings around this issue. Envy and jealousy, I believe, are pretty universal. But I will describe jealousy as a jealousy monster. In your question, you say, I'm afraid of ending up in financial shambles, just like my parents did. Well, this might sound unusual, but I'm saying good for you because you're acknowledging the problem. So I'm thinking that your inner voice wants to alert you to something important. And sometimes I use a smoke alarm metaphor to describe this situation where there's something important that you need to pay attention to. And in this case, it's something important that needs to be dealt with in your personal life, in your emotional life. So it sounds like that inner voice is really pestering you with this jealousy stuff. In this case, maybe it's important for you to learn um, that it's just an old bad habit, this jealousy thing. So the whole idea here is that as your understanding of yourself increases, you begin to find new ways to solve your problems. So as self-understanding increases or improves, our mental health generally improves. So the next thing I'm going to do is suggest a bunch of new ways for you to think about the fear and jealousy problem. In general, think about trying to make friends with your inner voice. Now that probably sounds a little strange, but most people are hearing only their critical voice that that is constantly on them from inside themselves. So often I work with clients to help them understand how the inner voice is trying to be helpful to them. And and often they are astonished when I suggest that they should say thank you to the helpful part of themselves. It's a little bit of a strange concept, but I assure you it's an important one. So the question becomes, how do I change my head around? In my usual way, I have made a list of some of the new ways 
that you might consider problem solving. So these are all just choices for you to think about and see whether they might be helpful to you or not. So the first is to use the old distraction technique. And I think we've talked in the past about how the studies indicate that distracting the mind when you're upset is one of the most useful ways of helping yourself to calm down. It doesn't matter what you do. You can you can go outside and holler. You can go for a run. You can talk to your partner. So that's what you would do in the moment. Next, say to yourself, this is not a useful thought right now. In other words, you're in control of your head, whether you realize it or not. And so you can say, this is useful. This is not useful. Another idea is to talk back to your critical voice. You could say something like, you know, I'm working on the jealousy issue, so back off. And uh, it's amazing. That works. Now, you you don't want to be critical back. (laughs) You just want to kind of explain where you're coming from. And, you know, lots of people will say, I don't talk to myself. And I think, yes, you do. (laughs) But it's, uh, it's not always a conscious thing. Another new way uh, is to refocus yourself on what you do have control over. Um, So it's very important to, you know, make this distinction. For example, uh, you could use your anger and resentment and turn it into a kind of energy or an energizer so that it pushes you towards something that you want to accomplish, like to achieve in your career or achieve in a sport. Uh, But it's really important to notice what you have control over and what you don't have control over. So many of you know that uh, writing in a notebook or writing it down is really one of my absolute favorite things to do. Um, So write down the specific triggers. In other words, who triggers you, what triggers you, what specific thoughts, when do you get triggered? Is it mainly when you're sleepy or when you're hungry or when you're, um, you've worked all day and it's been a frustrating day? Notice and jot those things down because tomorrow you will have forgotten happily. And then the next piece is try to reduce the number of times that you get triggered. In other words, if it's always with a certain person that when you see your friend who owns a boat and <laughs> some of the some of the homes near here where where we live have their own tennis courts, golf um tennis courts and bowling alleys right in their own house. So if it's a, a particular person who uh, comes to your mind or when you see or talk to them, Uh, Write that down. It's very important information for you. Finally, I invite you to ask yourself an important question. Is this under my control? In other words, is buying a house, is that 
under my control is is having getting parents who can help me uh, buy a house is that under my control so of course when something is outside of our control we we'll definitely probably get frustrated and uh, the comparison I use is it's like batting your head against a brick wall and eventually you'll have a really bruised and battered forehead is that what you want Um, So it can really lead you to a sense of helplessness and hopelessness. And, you know, you don't want to go there. It's a slippery slope. I think it's time for... Mother, daughter, pickleball. For any first-time listeners out there, pickleball is the part of our show where I lovingly ask my mom some snarky some serious questions about the advice that she just served up. And we call it pickleball. In honor of my mama's favorite sport. You ready? I'm ready. Um, I cannot let you off the hook for naming a vicious creature and then not explaining what that vicious, vicious creature is. Oh, yes. Vicious vicious creature is mom what the hell is a jealousy monster (laughs) is it gonna attack me in my sleep yes it will and in your waking too see um the jealousy monster is making this listener critical of self and therein lies the danger because that's a downward spiral no matter what the issue is If we are critical of ourselves, it's going to pull our mood down. It's going to pull our mental health down. So the gist of what I was trying to say uh, is that keeping keeping in mind that there's an awful lot of strength in your life, there's an awful lot of good stuff in your life, and focus on that. And the rest of that stuff is not very useful. Is that, hmm. yeah? But it's a good question. Yeah. I did. I, I made it a monster, and then I just left it there to in the gully, too. You dropped a monster bomb. I did. Yeah. Well, but now we know. The jealousy monster has mental health implications. <laughs> well, yes, you're right, but it's way too dramatic for me. <laughs> um. I am so glad that you brought up that you live in a neighborhood of tennis courts and bowling alleys. (laughs) Yeah. Because you do not live in a house with a tennis court or a bowling alley. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. In fact, I live in a very tiny house that is really hard for me to even find all the room to have a proper guest room. So, but um, I like— That's okay. The living room works just fine for me. (laughs) Well, it's— it's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. But you're so you're living in the place where where I grew up too. Yes. And mm-hmm. when I was growing up amongst these tennis courts and bowling alleys, which um, I think the French never referred to it as the nouveau rich living in Mick Mansions on uh, Col du Sex. <laughs> but these these were I grew up amongst the rich kids, and mm-hmm. I grew up not mm-hmm. as a rich kid. So mm-hmm. when I saw this question, I was like, "Oh, preach it." <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to get on their uh, on their bandwagon and preach about this one, huh? Um, but uh, my my little 
smattering of advice, if I might add it to yours before we ship this off for a second opinion. My tip to resenting my rich friends is maybe cultivate some more artist friends. There's definitely the artist friends who have the trust fund that's f- that's funding their art. And then there's the artist friends who are just really doing it because they need to make stuff. Mm-hmm. And usually mm-hmm. those folks are not so focused on the financials. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're probably... They're probably focused on things that maybe align a little bit better with with what you're focused on. Mm-hmm. That's a really good idea. And they they those people who aren't being well funded by whoever um, are they love 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 their art. They they love the the work they do. Yeah. So find some uh, find some friends that value the canvas, whatever that canvas may be. Right. It is a good idea. So, Mom, are you ready to hear a second opinion for this question? I am. What if I told you I got one of those money experts who's on the bestseller list? Oh, my goodness. Knock me over with a feather. (laughs) What if I told you I got a funny money expert? Oh, come on. Keep Don't keep me in suspense. Tell me, tell me. Uh, Well, this woman is younger than both of us. Her name is Gabby Dunn, and she has accomplished much in her many short years. So now I know what the competition looks like. (laughs) (laughs) I I will admit that her best-selling book is actually not about money. She has a new book coming out in January that is about money, but she wrote a novel called I Hate Everyone But You with uh, her comedy partner that was a New York Times bestseller. So she's both a money expert and a best-selling author. Wow. And then hopefully in January, she'll be a best-selling author for her money book. And she's so she's got skills and talent coming out of her ears. She's got skills that pay bills. <laughs> I'm a poet, but I don't even know it. <laughs> Do you, Would you like to know, she also has a podcast. Would you like to know the name of it for ultimate hilarity? Sure. Bad with Money. Huh. Did that just take away all of her credibility? No, it could qualify. Many of us could qualify. Mm-hmm. And I think one of her powers is by admitting that she is bad with money, she can then transcend herself to a money expert, which she never claims to be. She just likes to talk about money. Hmm. And uh, like us, the issues that people don't like to talk about, she dives right into. And she has a certain amount of humility, too. That's an, a nice trait. Yes. How did you know? Well, just from what you said. Would you like to hear Gabby Dunn's advice I'm, to resenting my rich friends? I would love to hear it. So, Gabby, I'm interested to hear your initial thoughts for this question from Resenting My Rich Friends. I mean, I think it's indicative of a lot of stuff that uh, happens when I talk to people out about money, which is nobody knows the exact situation that is going on with anyone else, but people like to project their own situation onto it or say, here's what I would do if I had this money or here's what I would do if I had this job. Or um, So it's a lot of like almost like assumption and guesswork that everyone is doing. And also, you know, in my experience, I've had people say, oh, wow, you like are doing really, really well in your job. And it's like, yes, but you also don't understand either like family obligations or past medical debt or past credit card debt or the other things that are factoring into someone's financial situation. So I think this person is is viewing other people's decisions through their own lens, if that makes sense, and not taking into account their own situation. Like sometimes people buy houses and seem really successful on Facebook and they're buying that house with like 
a huge amount, you know, they're going into a huge amount of debt over it or they're buying that house with money from a family member. Like I, uh, I used to wonder all the time in Los Angeles, how come so many of my friends didn't have day jobs, but were able to finance their own projects or how come a friend of mine, uh, could afford to live in like a beautiful condo downtown that like, you know, she owned. And then later it would come out, oh, her parents paid for it. Or like, oh, the the reason that this person was able to make this film is because their grandmother, you know, financed the whole thing or whatever it is. Or so like you, you kind of put everyone's standards onto yourself and your own standards onto other people. And it just doesn't work. So did you feel jealousy when you found out that your your friends' finances had been helped by other generations? Like, was that personally hard for you to hear? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think you kind of do the wallowing of why me? And the, I'm sure this person's friends are smart and saved and budgeted. And like, that's part of it. And I'm sure there is something to be said, for, like as in terms of how they're living their lives that are like, wow, great, like congratulations. but it does not make them a better person than you. And also like it's, you're not taking into account that they might have a lot of stuff going on or a lot of either invisible problems where they're trying to just have this like, you know, what's it called? It's like a marker of adulthood, right? Like, oh, we own a home, but like, could they actually afford it? You don't know. Did someone help them? You don't know. All you're seeing are the beautiful pictures. You know, it's sort of like that being jealous of like people's Instagrams. It's like, you don't, you have no idea what the reality is. And then you get down on yourself. You have to make the decisions that are that are right for your financial situation. You can't, I mean, how many times have we seen, like my f- friends, you know, are like who really want to get married are like devastated that our friends are engaged or married before them. And then those engagements or marriages fail. Like this rush hmm. to be like, I have to be at a certain place at a certain time in my life or I'm a failure ends up like leading to failure. And I'd imagine you see that even more living in LA. I mean, I think it happens everywhere. I think people everywhere can relate to like seeing their friends succeed and only having some of the information. And I always think about it as like, you have all the information about yourself, but you only have maybe 30% of the information about someone else. So you're judging your 100% based on someone else's 30% that you can see. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the 70% yeah. might be awful. <laughs> you just don't know. But you yeah. know, like when I would freelance, I would go, oh man, my friend just got an article in Marie Claire. I'm so jealous. And then I would think, but then I would think about whenever I would get an, an article somewhere really nice that I would really want an article to go, I would, I would know the secret was that I had submitted to 15 places and been rejected right before that happened. But I would never extend that same, um, reality to my friend. I would go, oh, they must have gotten it right away. But of course they probably were rejected 15 times the same way I was. So you kind of just, you see your worst self and your best of other people, and then you judge yourself based on that. Yeah. And if you were going to speak directly to resenting my rich friends, uh, what would you, what would you say to her? Figure out what actually makes you happy. What, what, actually makes you happy? Is it the experiences and spending that you have with your partner? Then so be it. Like not everyone has to have the same priorities. I just think like everyone measuring these, these markers of adulthood, like assuming that everyone's on the same page is sort of wild. It it goes to like 
the baby conversation too, where it's like, well, am, are, you know, you supposed to have a kid at this age. And I thought that, you know, I just turned 30 and I was like, oh my God, well, I got it. Me and my girlfriend got to have a baby. And then I was like, we just got a dog. And I was like, I can't have a baby. Like this dog drives me insane. <laughs> so like, you can't go by anyone else's timeline. And none of it mm-hmm. is ind- indicative of success or failure. So if you ask your friend, oh, how did you afford this house? And then they say, oh, I was left a huge inheritance by like an old man who lived on a hill or whatever. Then you're like, oh, well, that didn't happen to me. So I can't compare myself to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any closing words for resenting my rich friends? Someone once told me that jealousy is is only serves to show you what you need to be doing better. It has nothing to do with the other person and it has nothing and, and it has nothing to do with reality. It has to do with something sparks something in your heart, in your soul. So if that is just a small motivator to be like, now I have maybe I'll put like a dollar or two in a savings account every week. And that, and like, that's the like small little alarm bell that got you to do that. Then, then that's what it was for. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like you have to, you have to uproot your whole life and change everything and like try to be exactly like this other person. It just means that some, it triggered some alarm bell and you can make a tiny change in response to it. I love that. The fire alarm jealousy mirror. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I love it too, because it's baby steps. Uh, mom, she like referenced a fire alarm. Yeah, well, a fire alarm, smoke alarm. Yeah, well, you know, great minds run along the same paths. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the other thing that I really liked about her advice is mm-hmm. um, our advice probably doesn't qualify as financial advice if we don't reference at least one dollar. So I like that Gabby referenced what to do with actual dollars because it just calls attention to how mental healthy advice focused we are. We didn't say anything about dollars in our entire advice. Right, right. I I don't think it's relevant. (laughs) Money? Hello? Look inward. Okay, so that wraps up another episode of Advice from Mom. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you feel richer because you listened to Resenting My Rich Friend's question and answer. I know I feel richer in my heart. My heart feels rich, but like not in the cholesterol-heavy way, just in the like, you know, filled with emotion and understanding of resentment and financial discrepancies kind of way. Um, And I think we owe Gabby Dunn a big thank you for that. Thank you, Gabby Dunn, for being our expert second opinion on this episode. Jeez, oh man, January 1, New Year's resolution should be to read Gabby Dunn's book. It's coming out, Bad With Money. Get ready. And thank you to all of you who have written in questions for this season to Dr. Mama B. Oh my gosh. She loves reading your questions. Even if she doesn't answer all of them on the show, I just want you to know, ho, ho. Yoy vavoy, she said every time she read one. Um, We've got some really good letters coming up, including one with a topic that mom and I have a really hard time talking about together. That's right. S-E-X. We're going to tackle that question, but we're going to do it in our own separate ways, mostly because my mom 
uh, kind of scarred me as a young person to talk to her about SEX, so I can't do that on the show. But don't worry, we are going to do something fun with my uncomfortableness, as I, th- I think we always do, right? That's what makes the show fun, is uncomfortableness is getting comfy. As you might have guessed, we're doing an every other week kind of scenario this season, um, because we find that less stress in our lives means we make better episodes for you to listen to. I hope you like that. I hope you like that so much that you tell a friend, you know what you could use in your life? A little more advice for mom. If you like what you heard, go find one friend who should hear it too. Go, go now. Okay, or listen to our credits. It's up to you. Advice for Mom is a production of Wise Ones Advice Services. It's produced by Juliet Heinley and me, Rebecca Garza-Bortman. Editing by Juliet Heinley and Samantha Land. Gabby's interview was recorded by Emma Cortland. Special thanks to Heidi Vanderlees for arranging this interview. It was mixed and mastered by Jake Young. Audio assistance by Brian Garza, and our theme music is by Love Jerks. And I am thrilled to let you know that on November 3rd in San Francisco at the Makeout Room, we will be staging an all-original rock opera. Love Jerks is releasing their next album to great theatrical fanfare. If you thought I was weird on this show, wait till you see me front in a band with my also weird husband. Get ready for it. Buy tickets. Lovejerks.com. Check it out. Okay. And then I can go make my applesauce. And then you can go make your applesauce for the block party. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're making? Applesauce for the block party? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 What's next?